This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Big at Night, Jay Binkley, Kramer Sansone. Mentioned the Field of Dreams game. I guess uh, Rob Manford has said that MLB will hold a game in Dyersville next year. Next year, they'll be in Iowa as well. Kevin Costner likes that idea. Says you never miss mess with a winning streak. It does feel like all the teams will want to touch this. Maybe they will. Maybe other teams will get excited seeing it. I mean, a lot of them are playing right now in, in their cities away from this. But I'm sure they'll watch the highlights later. They're probably curious about it. They'll hear from the other players on both teams whether they like the experience or not. Trying to get connected with Ron Kopp here. Uh, we had a little bit of a phone line problem earlier because of, well, said storm that uh, hit the city up pretty good a little bit earlier. But uh, we're trying to get by. At least we have air conditioning. It went down for a minute. Then it came right back on. It's the magic of uh, generators, you know what I'm saying? So we can do things and keep it going. I know that uh, Kramer lost power at his place. I think I did at my place as well. So power back on. Hopefully your power is back on as well. Obviously your cell phone's working because you're listening to the show or you're out in your car. And I must appreciate you for doing that. So you're Danny Reed talking about the playtime this weekend for the different players. And he said the starters first quarter, second team second quarter, Third string, third quarter, fourth string, fourth quarter. Okay. And uh, I can't right now, Kramer. I'll do it in a second. When I take a timeout, I'll call. We'll just have to push Ron, Ron back to another time. Um, can't send anything right now because I'm on the air and I'm on a one-man show. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But anyway, Andy Reid spoke today too. And he talked about Jody Fortson. And he talked about Noah Gray. He really likes his tight ends. Noah's doing a nice job, yeah. Both he and Jody. I mean, that's good competition right there. So they're playing, both playing very well. So he likes him. I know that Pete Sweeney put him on his 53. We'll talk to Ron Comp from Arrowhead Pride if we get him tonight. Not sure that uh, we're going to be able to with phone lines, but we'll try. We'll try to get Ron at some point to talk about that. But regardless, Andy Reid's liking Jody Fortz. Jody Fortz has actually shown a lot out of uh, training camp this season. Try to make this roster. You know, Everybody's got the role. Like Travis Kelsey's got the big time role. He's going to be a guy you could depend on for you know eight ninety to hundred catches. You know that Blake Bell's more the blocking tight end. Again, twelve personnel. The Chiefs can run. Noah Gray definitely be a part of this team, having a good camp himself. There's Jody Fortson. You know, a guy that can rely on special teams, a four phaser. You never know it. You can have some Jody Fortson playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Joined by Ron Cop. Right now. Sorry for the delay, Ron. We had a little bit of a phone line issue. The storm hit us pretty good, buddy. 
Yeah, I, I thought you were just trying to ditch me, Jay. I, no. I thought, you know, I was just trying to ditch my spot. Uh, no, no I, I'm glad we got through. I, I wanted to talk Chiefs tonight, so I appreciate you having me on. Well, I'm going to talk Chiefs with you as well. If people haven't seen it, uh, your latest over at ArrowheadPride.com, the uh, Chiefs unofficial depth chart, just something you saw out of it. Now, again, you're not making a big deal out of it. You say it is unofficial, which it is. It's not like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are writing this depth chart. But I will say this. And I know people say, well, it's like spring training baseball. You don't get anything out of it. The unofficial. Actually, it's pretty pretty close to accurate, to be honest with you. It's pretty close to accurate. Other guys will get playing time. But this, this roster is not difficult to figure out. A lot of people probably could have figured it out before the season started. Yeah, you'll have your camp guys like Marcus Camp, like a Jody Fortson. You'll have these guys trying to make this roster with the Kansas City Chiefs or Devin Key. Who do you think would be your camp guy, Ron? You've been up there quite a bit as well. I'm not talking to Trey Smith's of the world. We'll get to them. Who do you think the camp guy for this season that's earned his job so far in training camp, three more days to go up there? Okay, so I'll, I'll say a familiar name, but maybe someone that we all kind of wrote off a little bit, uh, you know, too early into his career. I think Colin Saunders has really had a good camp. Yes. He really stood out to me uh, when I was up there those first couple of days in the individual drills. He was really looking good movement-wise. He beat, you know, a few offensive linemen and team drills. But I, I've not been there for the pads in recent weeks. So you see the clips, and you see him still playing well. Spagnuolo pointed him out in, in his defensive press conference this week, kind of pointing out how he's really taken a step these last few days, really looked good consistently. I think, man, if Colin Saunders can, can put it together and be a, a contributor, you know, he's the fourth defensive tackle on the on the team. I guess if you, if you count Chris Jones, that's the fifth, and I know Chris Jones is defensive end now, but that just shows you how stocked the line is right now. And if Saunders can be – a solid contributor, a guy that you can really make plays when he's in the game. Man, there's a lot of guys you can throw in there at different times, you know, have fresh legs for, for different situations in the game. And that's going to be a real pain in the butt for offensive linemen to deal with, having depth guys that good. You know, they're going to have to cut somebody too. They're going to have to cut somebody that they don't want to cut. And there's going to be some teams, just like the Seattle Seahawks got that point with John Schneider as a GM. He was cutting good guys. You know, Spencer Ware's, Ron Parker's the world. He was cutting NFL-caliber talent. That's where the Chiefs have gotten, especially with the offensive line. And some of these defensive linemen, there's only so many snaps that can go around, though. You know what I'm saying, Ron? Like Chris Jones, I know he's at end. We'll see him at both. He's even talked about being at both. Spagnola's talked about him being at both. I know he's listed defensive end. That's kind of his deal. He'll be in this inside as well. But Turk Wharton, Mike Dana. Mike Dana's a guy that Spag specifically mentioned that's bouncing inside. And outside, he's doing a lot of the stuff Chris Jones is. Derek Nottie that's started two straight Super Bowls with the Kansas City Chiefs. Taco Charlton's here. So it's yeah, Colin Saunders has looked good, but he needs to, and he needs to have a good preseason. You know, it's one thing doing it in St. Joe, another thing doing it against the Niners. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing, and that's one of the key things I'm watching on Saturday and any, every preseason game is the lines, the trenches. I mean, you can only see so much on, on a broadcast view of the receivers and the corners and what they're doing, but you can see the line. You're always seeing the trenches, who's firing off fast, you know, who's bearing someone into the ground, which line is penetrating the other line more. And so that's why I think you can really get a good look at the offensive and defensive lines in the preseason just from your TV view. And there's so many names you already used. You just named them all, basically, but there's so many guys you want to see you know, have a good game and, and see if they explode off the snap like a Joshua Kando. You know, when I was up there, man, there was a couple of snaps where he really looked the part, really flew off the ball, really had some electricity in his game, uh, you know, pass rush, and, you know, a few snaps with the first team. I'd love to see him in the game, just see how he does flying off the edge, how 
how uh, you know how big a burst he actually does have and all that and and so yeah I think the defensive line offensive lines are, are really what you're looking for I'd like to see what Tim Ward looks like too I know it's kind of a, a low-key name that sure. we don't talk about too much anymore but I, I, I he's the seventh defensive end right now and they're not probably not going to keep that many defensive ends this, this is including Chris Jones give me a fire cell buddy yeah exactly and you want to see if if he if he can kind of step up and, and force them to make a decision on let's say an Alex Okafor you brought him in but Hey, if these young guys are playing well, why, you know, maybe you don't feel the need to have Okafor around anymore or, or something like that. Because I'd like to see Tim Ward uh, stay on this team and have a spot on this team, but there's only so many DNs you can keep, like you just said. I know one of the, one of your second points of emphasis uh, since we started with defensive line. That was your first point, in matter of fact, of your article. But Lucas Niang. Now here's the deal: Mike Rimmer's been dealing with the back spasms. He comes back today, but Lucas Niang still seems to be getting that nod. He still seems to be getting that nod over Rimmers. Felt that was a battle, kind of an under, put it, put that battle on the undercard. It was still going to be a battle. I never thought this job was 100% going to be Mike Rimmers. I thought Lucas Niang would have a big part of that. Chiefs have scouted this guy. They wanted this guy. He was the highest pick lineman at that point, being a third-round lineman on the offensive guy that slid because of the torn uh, hip labrum at TCU. Could have been a first-round pick. But I'm telling you, man, Lucas Niang would be the third rookie on this offensive line. Now, not saying he's going to win the job over Mike Rimmers, but at this point, he's kind of taking care, t- taking care of the opportunity of that open window with Rimmers having the back spasms. Yeah, and, and back injuries and spasms are definitely not what you want to hear from offensive linemen because that's not something that you can just you know take a few days off and all of a sudden you're 100%. You know, you don't feel it at all. So that's something that Rimmers is probably going to be dealing with for the next month and. And, you know, just going into the regular season, he's probably going to be dealing with it. And if it's really bothering him, you know, there's not, it's not like an 80% or 90% Mike Remmers is, is that, you know, you have to start, start him over a kneeing if he can go. I'd say in that case, you know, if Remmers just isn't 100% at all, you got to go kneeing. And I do think it was interesting that, that Orlando Brown this week, he was, he was touting Niang pretty good, even said, you know, he'd be surprised if he struggled this year, which, you know, I know that's just players talking, but that's a, that's a big thing to say, to say that you'd be surprised to see someone not, you know, you know, just to struggle as a rookie this year. He's already that confident in him. And so, yeah, I, I think Niang's got a great opportunity here. And, and if he, he just can show it in a game, in these preseason games, which I imagine, you know, he'll get some first-team reps. Well, he, he'll get the first-team reps. You got to imagine he'll get some second team reps too. They're, they're going to leave him in there, you know, not just for the first team. So we'll see plenty of time in, uh, you know, this preseason with Niang. And if he shows enough, man, yeah, I don't, if Remmers is dealing with that stuff at all, I don't think it's a question. I think they should throw Niang out there. Well, you mentioned the word Orlando Brown. That's kind of been the talking point. You know, people see one on one battles on Twitter and they'll make judgments about Orlando Brown. Here's the thing about him. He is playing a different side than he's used to. I know he got over 389 snaps at left tackle last year, but he's the right tackle for the Ravens playing left tackle. Didn't give up a single sack or quarterback hit when he did do it. Running offense to a passing offense. Some guys are better than the one-on-one drills. I don't know if you saw Jeff Schwartz, the former chief. Did you see his tweets? Um, uh, I don't uh, know which one. That, that, that's fine. But anyway, Jeff Schwartz, he does that big boy club where he has the – it's like the John Gruden quarterback camp – uh, for linemen, but he was pretty specific. And even he said this, you know, and he said this before too, when he talks about the offensive line and he says, one-on-one reps are hard to win for the line. It's a drill with the advantage to the defensive line. And even Orlando Brown talked about, it. he said, I don't want to call myself a gamer, but they work on certain things. So I'm not, 
But then, as Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, HeroHeadPride.com noted, when he does teamwork, it's like a completely different guy, which, in all honesty, that's the guy you want, the guy that's going to show up on Sundays rather than the guy working on things throughout the week. I'm not concerned. I don't know what your concern level is. I have none. Well, and, and the other thing is, you know, those clips, those ugly clips of, of him going against Chris Jones, I mean, come on. Chris Jones might be one of the hardest players to yeah. block in the entire league. And, yeah, no, I, I, I do know what you're talking about, the, the Schwartz thing. I kind of actually, actually had a, a similar tweet because uh, I saw some people kind of saying, Joe Tooney, you know, is he overrated because he was having bad reps against Chris Jones. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> We're talking about one of, you know, the freakiest athletes on the defensive line in the entire league. Of course, one-on-one, he's going to make some of our guys look bad. It's just going to make them better, though. And, yeah, I do think the, the one thing that I've, that's really stood out with me about Brown it's just how mental he is with the game, how, how passionate he is about the mental side of it. You know, him and Mahomes communicating on different things, like how he should pass that and which one, which type of set Mahomes likes and kind of communicating on that thing instead of just doing his own thing and, and making the quarterback adjust to him. They're talking about things. And, and just, you know, from the get-go, how passionate he is about being that left tackle and, and playing that position and, and holding it down there. I really like Brown's mental attitude about it all and, and just how he goes, the, the cognizant stuff of it, the studying stuff of it. He's, he's really impressive in that aspect. And, and yeah, I, I think it totally makes sense that, you know, you're just trying stuff out in training camp, seeing what works. And there's no reason we anyone should really be overreacting to, to what happens, especially going against a guy like Chris Jones, who could really put anyone on their butt, if we're being honest. Another reason to watch this weekend, and we're not even talking about, you know, how fun it might be to see Trey Lance play, right, for the 49ers. Like, there's some storylines on that side as well to, to keep you interested in this game. But Marcus Kemp over Cornell Powell. You like Kemp. I know Pete Sweeney's had him on his 1.0, 53-man roster and his 2.0. Marcus Kemp. He's been around here for a while. He's been on the practice squad back and forth on the active roster. Last year, he had a cup of coffee with the Dolphins, came back to the Kansas City Chiefs. You talk about a guy that the Chiefs don't have his size, six foot four, like that is not part of their arsenal at wide receiver. He has flashed at training camp so far this season. Yeah, and, and the thing is, uh, the first year I covered the team in 2019 in training camp, he was having a really good training camp as well. kind of telling myself, you know, what are we missing with this guy? Why isn't he a bigger part of this team? And obviously he gets hurt that preseason and never gets the opportunity. But he's, he's come back right right this offseason and, and come back just looking like the same, just making plays, you know, toe-tapping catches, catches in traffic, you know, catching a ball in space and, and outrunning defenders to the end zone. He's, he's pretty much doing it all. And, and the thing about him compared to Powell is that you see Kemp catching passes from Mahomes and Henny, like, you know, a lot of Mahomes, though, too. Powell really doesn't get much opportunity at all with the first team. I haven't really seen anything uh, with him being in the first team offense. You know, maybe some with Chad Henney, but he's really running with the thirds a lot of the time, the third team. So that's why, you know, we come into this training camp really excited about Powell, even though he's a fifth-round pick. But, you know, you you talk yourself into all these guys. But, you know, at at the same time, he is a fifth-round pick, and Kemp's been around, and wide receiver is one of those positions that Andy Reid has said in the past. It's really hard to get down in his system. It takes a few years, and Kemp has talked about that as well. And so that's why I think when the season gets going, if Kemp does make this team, which I predict as well, I'm with Pete on that, I think he'll be playing over Powell. I think he'd be the one, the fifth receiver in the, in the rotation, playing over Powell right now until Powell obviously gets it going a little bit and gets the system down a little more. Yeah, and, and one thing about Marcus Kemp is it's like not like his first rodeo with his team. You know, <laughs> you know, undrafted 2017 – Basically, he's been on and off the practice squad here. He does have the Super Bowl ring for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mentioned he was on the uh, 
He was released by the Chiefs, waived on December 15th. Really interesting story. December 22nd, he was signed to the Dolphins practice squad. January 2nd, he played in the game for the Dolphins. Then he reverted back to the practice squad. His, his terms expired there, brought him back to the Kansas City Chiefs, played in that Buffalo Bills game and the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. So it's not like the guy hadn't had experience with his team. And last but not least, Ron, I'll leave with you with this. You have the defensive backs. And talking about DeAndre Baker, because he is behind Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes had a good day today at camp. Mike Hughes probably had his best day today at camp for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, starting on the opposite side at this point, uh, Chevrolet Ward, at least today, which I think gives them the flexibility to play Sneed on the nickel. I think that's kind of what they want to do. But, yeah, DeAndre Baker's chasing Mike Hughes at this point. Mike Hughes is another guy that they can use on special teams from time to time as well, even though it depends on his role with the defense. Well, yeah, and this is where the unofficial really comes into play here because I can't imagine that DeAndre Baker is actually, you know, according to this list, he's, he's either the fifth or sixth or seventh cornerback on, on the on the list because at this point, like yeah, Chris Lammons as the second cornerback behind Charvarius Ward. But we've seen Baker and Hughes rotate pretty evenly at that outside position. I know Hughes has definitely gotten more of the reps as, as camp has gone on, and they've actually given Baker a few days off uh, just to, you know, kind of you know, recover from that injury still. You know, a broken leg is not easy to come back from, but I just I, it seems that they like Baker, and it seems like he, they want him to be involved in the defense a lot more than, than what the death chart says right there. So that's where this unofficial really comes in. I think Baker's a guy that could be – that is really on Mike Hughes' butt right now, on his tail, chasing him for that spot, and I think – if you you know, it'll be one of those things where if one week Hughes doesn't live up to expectations, and maybe they throw Baker in there, it might be one of those things where neither of them really have it solidified throughout the season. No question about. It. Of course, Andy Reid said this in regards to playing time. The ones a quarter, twos a quarter, the second quarter, threes third quarter, fours the fourth quarter. There you go. I mean, if you see a guy playing at the end of the game, he's not a one or two or three. It's that simple. Yes, we, it's that simple. We didn't have it. We didn't have it last year, so I cannot wait. I can't wait <laughs> to see some, four, some fourth string defensive line go get the fourth string offensive lineman. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I, it's going to be fun Saturday. Awesome stuff, Ron Cop. This is a great job with Matt Stagner on the on a podcast, um, out of structure podcast. It, 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 it's called out of. I always get the name wrong. I listen to it all the time. It's out of structure. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, okay. just like Mahomes. Right. Just like Mahomes. Out of structure, yeah. Out of structure, right? Yeah, <laughs> I always catch it on there, but I just I, the, the name escapes me from time to time. Anyway, you and Matt do a great job on that. Of course, Ron does a fine job on the website as well. I appreciate it, uh, Ron. Enjoy the game Saturday night. We'll talk to you probably again next week. All right, Jay. I appreciate it, man. Anytime. There you go, Ron Cop, right there from ArrowheadPride.com about Saturday's game. You guys fired up about it? I know I kind of I haven't given a text of the night like a theme. I said, "Are you watching the you know the Field the Dreams game?" Because did you have you heard about it? that? Was my question. Have you heard about it or not? Because they didn't that publicized. We'd be watching the Chiefs preseason game. Does that wet your whistle? You're gonna enjoy that. We'll talk about that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 